This is Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. And now your host, Michael O'Fallon. After living through the past few years, you may begin to look back to around 2017 or 2018 and realize that something very serious has happened. Back in those years, you could start planning your schedule. You could plan your finances. You could make investments. You could plan for a trip or a vacation because you knew the rules and you played by the rules because the rules were what society, you know, you and your fellow citizens, what you decided that the rules would be. You lived in a nation where those rules were respected because those rules were within the guidelines of our Constitution. And that Constitution elucidated your liberties. And those liberties were not given to you by some brilliant strategist, scientist, or politician. Those liberties, those truths, were given to you by God. These were God-given rights. And if any tyrannical, power-drunk man or woman tried to take those or seize those or end those liberties for you, for your family, for your workplace, or for your business, well, they were circumventing God, because they were saying that they knew better than God. And especially if those rights were taken away from you with the excuse of protecting you or saying that they need to protect everyone else from you. That would be tantamount to saying that you were a danger to society, and the only way to remove that danger would be to remove your liberties. Now, you are a peaceful person in a respectful constitutional society. You do not put yourself or your fellow citizens in danger. But if someone wanted to take those liberties, those rights, and those freedoms away from you, the responsible person, well, they would have to declare you dangerous, not just to yourself, but to others as well. So knowing that you are a safe person who plays by the known rules that everyone plays by, and knowing that we have a safe society that is kept safe as well by those who enforce our agreed to laws, and that, if anything, we have the safest society in the world, Well, if you wanted to take control away from those who have agreed on the safe measures on how we respectfully and truthfully facilitate our society, if you wanted to wrestle that power away from you, from the people, if you wanted to disrupt that safety, if you wanted to dismantle that safe and respectful society, if you were an evil enough person to want to rip apart a safe and respectful society, here's what you would do. You would introduce danger, but it couldn't just be an existential threat or an outside danger, because that would actually work against your cause of wanting to dismantle society. See, because when you have an outside threat against a peaceful society, that society will come together will join hands, hearts, and minds. And they will defeat that outside force. I mean, what do you think a flag is for? 
A flag is for a nation to where everybody's eyes goes on to that symbol and says, that's what we're about. Because if you really want to make sure that you blew things apart and you were an outside force coming in, it wouldn't matter the race of the people you were attacking, the creed, the sex, the age or political affiliation. The men and women of that safe agreed to lawful society would come together and defeat the enemy. So you, the adversary, can't just introduce a danger. If you really wanted to split up the peaceful, respectful, tolerant society, you would have to make the danger, well, you would have to make the danger them. And you would have to convince them that they are all a danger to one another. That they must separate. That they must get distance from one another. Even talking, sometimes, would be prohibited. But you would need to make sure that all of the people of the peaceful, tolerant, law-obeying society would see one another as the danger. That they could see their fellow citizens as the danger. The danger that they must guard against. That they must stay away from. The danger that they must pose. And you would want to disrupt and use those in the peaceful, tolerant, law-abiding society. You know, the religious faiths. The ones that normally encourage everyone to be tolerant and loving. Well, if you really wanted to fracture society, you'd want to get those religious leaders and tell them that they are needed to help make sure that their congregations know that the person who is not like them, the person who does not have their same skin color, the person who is not their sex, the person who values their volitional freedom to make their own choices, well, those people, they are a danger to everyone. And they must be eliminated. They must be shunned and discriminated against because the others are dangerous. Othering people. And you would also want to make sure that the good, loving, tolerant people of a nation don't start talking to one another man to man or woman to woman. Because if they speak with one another man to man, they might begin to start figuring a few things out. They might start realizing that they care about one another at a personal level. So you don't want individuals reconciling. That could lead to real trouble for your evil plan. You only want racial reconciliation on your terms. And you know what else you really want to make sure doesn't happen with those black and white men or those Latino and Asian men who start speaking with one another? You can't allow them to start exploring objective reality. In other words, what is actually real, and what is complete fakery. Because they will start to figure things out and start putting together that 2 plus 2 equals 4. I mean, heck, you even want them to doubt that 2 plus 2 equals 4. You want to tell them that, no, no, no. 2 plus 2 equals 5. And you must insist that they believe that 2 plus 2 equals 5. And if you don't agree that 2 plus 2 equals 5, then you are a traitor. You are spreading disinformation. Because the entire society that you, the evil adversary, the entire new society that you are planning is all based on lies. 
It is based on lies that give you your power because what you are doing is building a giant straw man. And then you will attack your straw man, insisting that it is real. And you will demand that everyone everywhere must insist that your man made of straw, that your fake man is not a man, that your fake enemy is not an enemy because it's just straw. You will insist that everyone attack that straw man. And until that straw man is defeated, that terrible, dastardly straw man, until that fake, false, unexisting nothing, until the fake thing is defeated, that everyone everywhere must continue to battle the fake enemy. And you'll require them to register to fight against the fake enemy. And you'll require all businesses and corporations to join in the fight against the fake enemy. And if any liberty-minded man or woman dares to stand up and say, well, hold on a minute. This is a fake fight against a fake enemy. Well, they, they must be silenced and shunned and shamed into silence. They must pay a heavy price for opposing the new fake religion of the straw man enemy. Because if anyone listens to that independent voice, if anyone dares to start thinking outside of the tight parameters that you, in your evil scheme, has provided, well, they might start speaking up too. And then ten more people might start to listen to them. So you, well, you must eliminate their voice. You must have a virtual digital guillotine. You must deplatform them. You must silence them. You can't allow the truth to start running wild. Because if those good, tolerant, law-abiding citizens start to realize what is being done to them, well, there will be hell to pay. And that means that you have to start to take apart what legal frameworks were existing in their old, tolerant, fair, liberty-minded society. You need to disrupt and dismantle their laws. You need to defund the police. You need to have your district and state attorneys in place that will deconstruct the law instead of enforce the law, abolish the law, and instead of law in justice according to the old, tolerant, liberty-minded constitution, what you need to do is install safety and safety officers. Because it's all about being safe from your straw man. And not justice, but social justice. And you need to remove the human element out of policing. You need policing 4.0 for a 4.0 industrial revolution. You need intelligence too, but not human, empathetic, sympathetic intelligence. You need artificial intelligence. And not only that, but to make sure none of this trouble starts up from these liberty-minded people, you need to make sure you monitor every bit of their human communication, every stroke on their laptop, every letter typed on their iPhone, every website that they visit, every private direct message that they send. All of it must be monitored. And not only that, 
but make sure that you have something listening and recording everything that is said in their own homes. Every word. Because you can't let this whole thing get out of control, you know? I mean, if these people start marching in the streets and start taking action, it could be really, really bad for you. So, especially for those people who are liberty-minded in America, you want to make sure that they are not seeing that the largest human protest in the history of the world is currently taking place in Paris, Lyon, Marseille, Rome, Trento, Brussels, London, Scotland, Barcelona, Vienna, Melbourne, Prague, Frankfurt, Amsterdam, Zurich, and many, many other cities and countries throughout the world. You want to make sure that they don't see the millions and millions of people standing up against the greatest attempt at a power grab in the history of the world. Because pretty soon they will start to understand who it is that's their adversary. It is everyone that has colluded for decades to bring us to this one moment in time. That there has been decades of operational preparation of the environment with the passing of the Patriot Act, with the Paris Climate Accord, with the World Economic Forum and their corporate partners, with all the young leaders attending the World Economic Forum, with all of those rubbing shoulders at the Council on Foreign Relations, with all the Democrats and Republicans to pull this massive great reset off, to try to take the power away from the people, away from the citizens to whom they have been accountable, and shift all that power to the top, to the technocrats. So as you disrupt and dismantle the world and the way of life for billions of people across the world, now you say that you want to build back better. And if you're a person who's a citizen of America, you are starting to look over at your supposedly conservative Republicans and you're beginning to ask the question, what are you doing? Hey man, we're under attack and you're doing nothing to save this nation. If anything, many of you Republicans Many of you seem to be more concerned about what's happening in Ukraine than what is happening here in the United States. And then you start to realize that pretty much they're all on the same team. As you are fired from your job because you won't take a medical experiment. As you go to the grocery store and can't buy any meat because there's nothing on the shelves. As you are told that you can't travel because you don't fit the medical requirements. And then maybe you think, well, for sure the courts will get us out of this mess if the politicians won't. And then you hear the deliberations from the Supreme Court and realize that they are all arguing against the same straw man that your enemy told you to be fearful of. And not only that, but the Supreme Court straw man is fanciful with all sorts of new lies and fallacies attached to it. And then it hits you. We live in a synthetic world. Nothing is real.
it is all fake. It still sort of operates like the old real world, but it is a simulation of the real world. And it is getting further and further away from what is real. You're living in a world which the French post-structuralist Jean Baudrillard called a simulacra of the real world. And although you are bombarded 24 hours a day with nothing but propaganda about believing the lie that you are living in a real world, you're beginning to realize that you have been living in a falsely created simulation of the real for a number of years. You have been enveloped in the fog of propaganda that when combined with robbing the human mind from having the opportunity to reflect just for a few moments, that it creates an alternate reality. Now, as Jacques Ellul said, that, of course, the educated man does not believe that he would ever be swayed by propaganda. He shrugs and is convinced that this propaganda has no effect on him. He would never believe such things. That is, in fact, one of the hyper-educated man's greatest weaknesses. And propagandists are well aware that in order to reach someone, one must first convince him that propaganda is ineffectual and not very clever. And because this educated man is convinced of his own superiority, the intellectual is much more vulnerable than anybody else to this maneuver. And even though basically a high intelligence, a broad culture, a constant exercise of the critical faculties, and full and objective information are still the best weapons against propaganda, the hyper-educated man rejects this. And that is part of the problem with the highly intelligent man. Dr. James Lindsay calls them the stupid smart people. Their arrogance in thinking that they, above anyone else, just could never be fooled. And it is that arrogance that is their Achilles heel. And to the extent that propaganda is based on current reflexive nonstop news cycles, it cannot permit time for thought or reflection. So a man caught up in the news must remain on the surface of the event. He is carried along in the current and can at no time take a respite to judge and appreciate what's going on. He can never stop to reflect. There is never any awareness of himself, of his condition, of his society. For the man who lives by 24-7, non-stop-cycled, current news events. Such a man never stops to investigate any one point, any more than he will tie together a series of news events and be able to inspect them, if they have logical conclusions, if they are objectively true, if there's any holes in them, because it never stops. It's a reflexive wheel. And today's man today's man of 2020, 2021, 2022, who is both on his iPhone, on his laptop, on his television, 
that he never goes anywhere without a screen, without something telling him what to think 24-7. Well, he has a hard time delineating between facts or non-facts, or all the events that are happening around him, all the crisis points simultaneously, and to be able to make a synthesis of them in order to face or oppose them. So one thought drives away another. Old facts are chased away by new ones. And under these conditions, that intelligent man or that intelligent woman, where they're not given time to have thought. And in fact, this postmodern man or woman does not think about current problems. He feels them. There's not as much of a cognitive process that's going on. Instead, his heart drives his head instead of the other way around. He reacts, but he does not understand them any more than he takes responsibility for them, any of his actions, any of the things that are happening around him. And he's even less capable of spotting any inconsistency between successive facts or failures. And don't ever forget (laughs) that man's capacity to forget is pretty much unlimited. And this is one of the most important and useful points for the propagandist who's doing this, who can always be sure that a particular propaganda theme or statement or event will be forgotten within a few weeks. Think about how much the medical community has vacillated between things over the past year and a half. And then there's also a spontaneous defensive reaction in the individual against an excess of information to the contrary of what he's been leaving to the extent that he clings unconsciously to the unity of his own person against inconsistencies, because that's the thing that brings chaos into our life is inconsistencies, things that can't be tied together because you can't make sense of them. So you instantly reject those inconsistencies. And the best defense here is to forget the preceding event, the one that is being contradicted by the new event or the new fact. And in doing so, man denies his own continuity to the same extent that he lives on the surface of events and makes today's events his life by obliterating yesterday's news. He refuses to see the contradictions in his own life and condemns himself to a life of successive emotional moments, discontinuous and fragmented. The situation makes the current events man, the smart man, the man who lives by the 24-7 news cycle. It makes him a ready target for propaganda. And such a man is highly sensitive to the influence of the present-day currents, lacking landmarks, because he follows all the currents. He is unstable because he runs after what happened today. He relates to the event of today. And therefore, he can't resist any impulse coming from that event because he is immersed in the current reflexive affairs of the day. This man has a psychological weakness that puts him at the mercy 
of the propagandists. No confrontation ever occurs between the event and the truth because it's nonstop. He can never take time to reflect. No relationship ever exists between the event and the person because we're all separated. Real information never concerns such a person. Because information is continuous. It's being fed to him. It's almost like an intravenous IV. What could be more striking, more distressing, or more decisive than the splitting of the atom? Apart from the bomb itself. And yet this great development is kept in the background behind the fleeting and spectacular result of some catastrophe or crisis or whatever may be happening in sports or whatever's attracting him on Instagram, because that is the superficial news the average man wants. Propaganda addresses itself to that man. Like him, it can relate only to the most superficial aspect of a spectacular event which alone can interest man and lead him to make certain decisions or adopt a new attitude. And here's where we must make an important qualification. The news event may be a real fact existing objectively, or it may be only an item of information. The dissemination of a supposed fact But what makes it news is its dissemination, the fact that even fools will listen to it, and not its objective reality. Remember, though, to be effective, propaganda must constantly short-circuit all thought and decision. And that's why You have push notifications to your phone. You have billboards on the highway. You have every news program, every commercial, every anything talking about the things that they want to push you into believing. And so with that, where there's a constant fog, a constant cognitive fog fog of the propaganda itself, it must operate on the individual at the level of the unconscious. He must not know that he's being shaped by outside forces. But some central core in him must be reached in order to release the mechanism in the unconscious, which will provide the appropriate and expected action. So those who listen to the media representatives of their group, the group that they want to listen to, let's say that it's CNN. Let's say that it's MSNBC. So those that listen to the media representatives of their tribe or their group and listen to the podcasts of their group are constantly reinforced in their allegiance. They learn more and more that their group is right, that its actions are justified, and their beliefs are strengthened, right? Well, at the same time, This kind of propaganda contains elements of criticism and refutation of other groups, which will never be read by them or heard by a member of another tribe or group. And then we see before our eyes how a world of closed minds 
establishes itself. A world in which everybody talks to himself. Everybody constantly views his own certainty about himself and the wrongs done by him by the others. A world in which nobody listens to anybody else. And if we continue down this path, with no real human discourses, we will only exist in artificial discourses. In a simulacra of the real. In the hellish ideological prison of the fake. And the next stage will be that hate, hunger, and pride will make better levers of propaganda than do love, tolerance, unity, or impartiality. We can't let them take us to that stage. Now is the time. Now is the time to warn. Now is the time to begin new discourses. Because propaganda ceases or simple dialogue begins. I'm Michael O'Fallon, and this has been Public Occurrences, both foreign and domestic. Thank you.